Hey, hey, Star Wars fans, it's Gary here from Spark of Rebellion, and we would love for you to listen to all of our brand new episodes when they land every single Saturday. Make sure you follow us on your podcast app of choice or pop over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash listen. If you like the show and you want to support us, you can do that via our Patreon. Just head over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash Patreon and come and join our other patrons. And thank you so much for your continued support. Now, may the force be with you and on to this week's Spark of Rebellion. Hello there. What is going on? Hello there and welcome to Spark of Rebellion, the weekly Star Wars podcast from a galaxy not so far away. I am one of your hosts, some would say the ever so slightly taller of the two hosts, but without further ado, I want to bring in my main man, Mr. Gary Aylert, the Wookiee Wanderer, the Millennium Falcon Ister himself, the man with all the talent, the man with all the beard, the man that's wearing a brand new Star Wars cap today like it's Christmas morning and he's just got his new bike. Looking fly as ever. How are you doing, dude? <laughs> I'm I'm really good, thank you, buddy. I'm the You've definitely got that uh, you've definitely got that going on today, that like look at that, I've got my new tracksuit bombs on mum. It was like that at school, wasn't it? <laughs> on the first day back at school, everybody had their new trainers on. Yeah. Or their, their new something. It was either a new coat or new trainers. It was awesome. But I do feel like that. It's the first time I've worn it since I've come back from my Christmas trip. So I do feel a little bit like, yeah, repping the new Christmas stuff. For sure. It's always fun, isn't it? Like you get a bit nervous. Like, you know, the first time someone sees something new that you've got, you're like, what are they going to say? They're going to say anything? Or like when you grow a moustache for the first time or a beard or you shave your beard off, you're like, oh, crap. Every time I see someone now, we're going to have to have that conversation. <laughs> yeah, I get that. I remember, I'll tell you a little story about that. I got some new tracksuit bottoms and a, a new tracky top when I was a kid, right? And me, obviously, being me, a complete, absolute idiot, I uh, I thought to myself, yeah, I'll wear it on the first school trip. You know what the first school trip that we did was after that, mate? It was, uh, it was college, visiting college to see whether we wanted to do a plastering course. Did no <laughs> get an agenda. So I'm covered in plaster. All the new clobber covered in plaster. My mum went absolutely skits. Absolutely nuts, mate. So that's a little lesson learned. Yeah. Chapter read, lesson learned. Don't wear your new stuff on the first day. Wait until the second day at least. Bed it in a little bit, get a feel for the place, get the lay of the land, then stick your new clobber on. <laughs> exactly that. But I'm repping I'm repping the new cap though. I've got a Star Wars cap. It's got the logo on the front. It's look it looks awesome. It does. It does look really badass, man. Yeah, it looks really sweet. Black and red colour scheme. Really, really like it. Um, so welcome to the show, you beautiful listener. Like I said, I'm Mark. This is my main man, Gary. We've got a heck of a lot of news to get through. It seems like we were talking just before we started recording. It seems like the news just keeps on coming. Like We thought it was going to slow down after the rise of Skywalker, and it just hasn't done that. So we've got a lot, a lot, a lot to get through. But before we do that... If you are new to the podcast, you can, of course, check out the back catalogue in your favourite podcast app. Just go to sparkerrebellion.com forward slash listen. You can subscribe and dig into any podcast app of your choice over there. And, of course, you can find us on all of the socials. So hit us up on any of the socials. Do a search for Spark of Rebellion. Let's have a little bit of banter. You know, who'd win in a fight, Baby Yoda or Baby Jabber? You know, let's let's dig into the important stuff. Just find out on social media where we are and just give us a little tinkle and we'll be back to you on that. And also a big shout out to our wonderful patrons who support us every month over on Patreon. You too could be like Sean. You too could be like John and Chris. Just by heading to patreon.com forward slash spark of rebellion. You can get yourselves some Really quite cool swag. You can get yourselves some exec producer credits. You could be Dwayne The Rock Johnson on this show. You could be that level. We'll even maybe send you some business cards out when we, uh, you know, when we get online and we do the whole ordering thing. We, you know, we'll send you some business cards out. Check it out, patreon.com forward slash spark of rebellion. So, guys, what's been going on, dude? How's the week of Star Wars been? What have you been digging into? What's been what's been tickling your fancy in a galaxy far, far away this week? So, dude, Star Wars-wise, I picked up on the Clone Wars. So before Christmas, so I think around November, I'd stopped my Clone Wars rewatch because um, 
I was just busy with other stuff and I was reading books and I started the Skywalker saga rewatching the run up to Rise of Skywalker. But I've picked that back up now in perfect timing today. We've got something, we'll chat about it in the news, but we've got a new trailer that landed for the, the upcoming series of The Clone Wars. So that's really well timed. So I got back into The Clone Wars. That's, um, that's awesome. Uh, and also got a really cool email from... So in the UK, we don't have Disney Plus, obviously. But we have a similar service called Disney Life, which is essentially uh, like the, the, the ugly duckling of, of the streaming services. It's basically, it's got a bunch of Disney stuff on there, a bunch of films. It's got no Star Wars films on there. Uh, it's got some of the Pixar stuff and then a bunch of other Disney back catalogue stuff. Uh, and for ages in the UK, for those of you that are not Disney Life subscribers, when Disney Plus launches, you, you would just jump on as a new subscriber and stuff. But uh, for people like myself who subscribe to Disney, Disney Life, we were unsure if they were going to transition that into Disney Plus or if they were going to can it and you had to do a new one. But I got an email this morning to say, don't worry, Disney Life is going to become Disney Plus. So you're not going to have any, your details are going to stay the same. We're just going to flick you over. Just tell us if you want it at six bucks a month or 60 a year and bosh on you go. So that got me excited, dude. And also um, uh, the launch date for Disney Plus has come forward a week. So that's Andy as well in the UK. So I got a bit excited about that because... um, uh, it got me thinking as well about uh, the whole Disney Plus versus some of the other streaming services. And I've got to say, I, I, I hope that Netflix take a look at the Disney Plus pricing structure because they're really they're going to fall behind, I think, if they don't start offering a few bits more uh, at a lower price or throw a few bits in for free. Just a very, very quick comparison. On Disney Plus, you watch up to... Yeah, on one subscription, you get to watch it on up to 10 devices. You get pretty much you know we all know the content you're going to get but you also get um for free 4k hdr dolby atmos all that stuff on netflix here in the uk for the same price you can only watch it on two devices you don't get any 4k content no dolby atmos nothing like that and uh yeah it's it's a it's it falls short by quite a lot if you wanted to get hd uh, sorry 4k content on netflix you have to pay double that for 12 pounds a month and you can only watch it on up to four devices. So if I was at Netflix, one of the top buds, I'd be thinking, hmm, we're going to need to change this up a bit, lads. Because you can see that a bunch of people are just going to ditch. If, you, if you're one of those Netflix users that have it because you watch stuff now and then, then I can see a lot of people ditching it and might you know might as well pay for Disney. So yeah, I've been getting excited about the Disney Plus stuff, dude. Already planning out what I'm going to watch first. Obviously, some of the Star Wars films. But uh, yeah, I'm getting excited about that, mate. What about you? Actually, rather similar. Um, not not too much content, really. I, I want to start getting back into the comics, so I've kind of been doing a little bit of research on that. Just I need to finish Kieran Gillen's run of the Vader comics and um, and and the Star Wars original run, um, well, the original revamped run before I get into the new stuff. So I've kind of just been collating that list up. Um, but the same thing, really, with Disney Plus. Just getting excited about that, and 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 I got a, a, an email today. Very similarly, just saying, look, Disney, Disney Plus is coming. Uh, here's the situation. This is what the crack is. And yeah, you're right about Netflix. It's total no-brainer. It's bizarre because Netflix has now become the incumbent streaming service, like the ones that are like the old bank versus Starlin or Monzo. You know, they've become the incumbent that have got work to do to catch up. And it's interesting to have lived through that life cycle for Netflix. So I, I agree with you fully, dude. I think we're going to have to see some changes from Netflix because it's getting to the point now where it becomes um, like I, I don't have Sky TV or Virgin. I've not even got a box. Like I've not got a TV box. I've just got my smart TV on the wall. It's got a couple of things behind it, like the Xbox is mounted behind it, the Switch is mounted behind it. So it's fully like wireless, um, you know, to the naked eye. Uh, and if you were wearing glasses as well, it still looks wireless. But <laughs> it's one of those things where... Um, I don't have the TV box because I can't justify it. So now I'm like Netflix and Amazon Prime, which is really weird because I would pay for Amazon Prime just because I use it for that much grocery stuff and delivery stuff. Like it's worth the cost and the video stuff is just a benefit. So now I'm I'm feeling you on that because now Netflix is like, oh, wait a second. It's almost becoming the price of like a TV subscription with Virgin, which frustrates me. And I kind of only watch series on there because I've got Netflix, and I'm like, I should watch something off Netflix. Um, so it's a really bizarre position 
that Netflix finds itself in now that these other services have just cropped up. So, yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you, man. I think it, it needs a little bit of thought, and, and, and hopefully we'll see that. So, yeah, my, my week has been quite quiet with Star Wars. Um, just like I said, planning out comic stuff um, and just looking at getting some of the uh, the... the, the the newer books that are coming out. Um, is it Force Collector? That's one that I kind of want to dig into. Oh, yeah. To see what, yep. the, what the sitch is with that one. Mm-hmm. Um, so quite a quiet week, dude, but not a quiet week when it comes to the news. Uh, like we said earlier, it just keeps on coming. It just keeps on coming. Like it never seems to abate, which is not a bad thing for us. Like we said you know, before it uh, it keeps us in a proverbial job. Um, and it, it's, it's interesting to see now where... Some of the Trevor o stuff is going, some of that elite script stuff that we talked about last week. So we'll get to all of that stuff in a little while. But the first news item is a late edition. So we record this, uh, as you, the constant, ever-beautiful listener, will know. We record this usually every Wednesday, 4pm UK time. And about an hour and a half ago, Disney released the brand new trailer for The Clone Wars. The last final season of the clone wars which of course is hitting very very shortly february 7th i believe it is and it just it just it's a surprise it like it surprised me it just surprised me that this came out but i, I found the trailer personally quite interesting and we'll get to the whys in a, in a while but ultimately it focuses on actually two quite interesting characters and there's a couple of little segments and moments that we'll talk about i'm sure but the two characters it focuses on are darth maul and ahsoka tana and we all know where that's going. Uh, it shows Death Watch in there. It shows uh, Mandalore in there. So we can all we all know that this is going to be the Siege of Mandalore. Um, and I think that's a safe bet. You know, it was something that was originally planned for the Clone Wars. Uh, I, I think it's a shame that we're not going to see things like Dark Disciple uh, and some of those storylines that made it into the books and the comics because they were like, you know, the, the Quinlan Voss and Asajj Ventress storyline, the assassination attempt on Dooku in, in Dark Disciple is absolutely fantastic. Um, so I would have loved to have seen that play out. But as a shortened season, the Siege of Mandalore, you know, the, the fallout of Ahsoka leaving the Jedi Order after being accused and, uh, you know, that, that kind of um, just relationship between her and the Jedi. She's got the two white lightsabers that we saw in the Ahsoka book um, that, that she planted at a graveside to make it look like she got killed in Order 66. So it's, a, it's this real kind of bit of glue between everything. And there are some very big moments, but what say you, dude? How did you feel about the the, the, the new trailer? Are we going to see the Siege of Mandalore? Is that where they're going with it? It's it's seems pretty clear, doesn't it? I would say so, buddy. You can kind of see what that's building up to. The, the trailer does a, a very good job of sort of handing you a little bit of a, a, a nugget, uh, a little teaser towards that, and you kind of join the dots, I suppose, uh, in your own head. But uh, overall, dude, uh, I can't... I, well, it's going to be another Mandalorian thing, isn't it? It's going to be another... Uh, what's that torrent site called again? I can't remember. It's one of them. Uh, it's going to be one of those, I'm sure, with everybody re-watching it when they get it in yep. March. But uh, overall, dude, yeah, I think this this, this looks cracking. And it's such a shame. I know I, sh- I shouldn't say that. We should be grateful we're getting another another season. But it's just such a shame it's only going to be, what was it, eight or ten episodes? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's... Is, is it 10? It might be 12. 10 or 12, yeah. Because uh, I would love to see them flesh this out a little bit more and also get a bit more. Because like you said, it does focus uh, primarily on uh, Ashoka and uh, and more. But I'd love to see a more... Because the, 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 all, all the previous Clone Wars here have obviously been around Anakin. And I assume that he'll be the semi-focus of this one. But I'd love to see more of more of his journey as well in, the, in that stuff. So, but overall dude looking absolutely sweet. This is like the best it's ever looked. If, uh, uh, the, we'll stick a link in the show notes, but just the HD trailer they've put on YouTube. It freaking, it looks amazing. Like they've outdone themselves with this one, mate. So this is a must watch dude. Absolutely must watch. Yeah, it does look sweet. Kieran and I mentioned the same thing that it just looks absolutely outstanding in terms of, um, the quality of it and the animation styles and just everything. They've just upped the game with it. And one of the things that interested me was obviously, you know, you see Maul, you see Ahsoka, I think it's fairly clear. You see Death Watch, who of course we saw in The Mandalorian, uh, rescuing the Mando himself from uh, from the droid army. It does make me wonder. There were two things that interested me. 
Number one, are we going to see, because The Mandalorian's done so well, are we going to see some tenuous little kind of mini-links into that series? You know, everything from the Darksaber through to, are we going to see just an allusion to the battle that we saw in The Mandalorian? I don't think they need to do it, but if they're doing the CG Mandalore, I know The Mandalorian wasn't necessarily on Mandalore, so I don't know if they could make it fit, but... It just, it feels like that's the strategy, is look, this did all right. We know the Clone Wars has got some heritage. It feels natural to just say, like, little, little, you know, doff the cap, this exists over here, this is happening. The Mando's about the right age, you know, it, it, it kind of works all right. You know, the Mando would be, what, 30, 35. Um, so that interested me. I wonder if we're going to see that. But the big, big thing that interested me was Anakin. And Kieran and I were kind of just, positing whether or not it would lead up to, um, as the original script kind of did in the original Clone Wars, you know, lead up to the um, kidnapping of Palpatine by Dooku or, uh, at the beginning of Revenge of the Sith. You know, it was going to be, the original Clone Wars series was uh, ended with um, essentially that event happening, which was quite a nice little segue in. But just as I said that, to Kieran, and we were just about to get into it about, you know, whether that would be the case or not. We then got the hologram of Padme, and she was pregnant, and Hanakin knew. Mm -hmm. So this is post-Revenge of the Sith. Like, post-Revenge of the Sith beginning, you know, when they arrive back after, you know, he, he, he splices Dooku's head off. He only then finds out about the pregnancy when he lands back at the beginning of Revenge of the Sith. But in the hologram, she was clearly pregnant, she wasn't hiding it, and he wasn't shocked. Mm -hmm. What's going on there, dude? Yeah, that's um, yeah. When I first saw that, I I kind of had the same thought. I was like, uh, what are they what are they doing with the timeline here? Um, but no, it's uh, yeah. I don't know, mate. It's always difficult to to judge, like when you see key scenes like that, and it blows your mind, and you're like, holy crap, hold on a minute, because we did that with the Rise of Skywalker, and there were a couple of things where you thought. Is is that in the solid timeline, or is that a force vision? Is that a force memory? Is that something? So I don't know. It's difficult to it's difficult to judge that stuff um, based pure, purely on the trailer itself. Um, so I don't know. I really don't know. And uh, and you mentioned the Mandalorian. I think we will see a couple of little little bits that would lead into that because it'd be a great way of. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it would be a great... Say if somebody jumped onto Disney Plus fresh and the first thing they watched is the new Clone Wars series and they hadn't watched The Mandalorian at that point. It'd be a good little way to sort of nudge them towards... You know, you finish watching this, there's this other cool show <laughs> called The Mandalorian that we've got for you. So I reckon they would, just for the sake of that, tease a couple of little bits as well, so... Yeah, that's a good shout, dude. And we do know that the Siege of Mandalore, you know, if you look at chronological order of, of, of the timelines, we know the Siege of Mandalore happens at the same time as Order 66. Just, you yeah, know, so, just about, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I think we're going to see um, Order 66 again, and I think we're probably going to see how Ahsoka survived that, which would be very, very interesting indeed. I like her look in this as well. Uh, the outfit that she wears, she, she gets darker as she goes through the mm -hmm. the whole series. And this one, she's got that dark blue, almost grey um, setup going on. Uh, she looks really cool. She looks badass. And it's like that scene at the end where she's about to face off against Maul. And uh, they just ignite their lightsabers and he's ready to rock and roll and she's got that look on her face. Yeah, she looks really cool, man. I agree totally. It's uh, it's going to be very, very inter interesting to see where they go with it. It's going to be very, very curious to see how they tie it in and what, what events they show us. But I think one of the unanswered questions is, of course, you know, what happened to Ahsoka pre-Rebels? Um, and, and obviously we've got the novel, uh, which took place during that time frame. But, you know, seeing, wrapping up her story in the relationship pre-Rebels where she understands that Vader is Anakin, you know, I think wrapping up that relationship with Anakin as well is very, very important. So really looking forward to that. Suffice to say, I think we're all looking forward to the Clone Wars returning in just a couple of weeks' time. Now, those little big heads, you know, the little big heads <laughs> that I'm talking about, don't you? You know, the ones, those little pop Funko figures, little bodies, big old heads. Everyone's <laughs> a bit addicted to them, aren't they? They're like crack for collectors. Well, they're back. Uh, it's the Empire Strikes Back 40th birthday coming up so what have they done they've only gone and made a set of star wars figures pop funko 40th anniversary empire strikes back figures now of course 
we're going to clamour over these because people love this kind of thing and uh, we are no exception. But there are a couple that stood out for me and I'm sure there were a couple that stood out for you. So one of the interesting ones, I don't want to run through them all because, well, there's just no point. But you've got three or four that are very interesting to me. You've got a couple of Leia and you've got a couple of, uh, you know, Han, uh, one in Carbonite. And then you the, the, the two that really interested me were you've got Vader in the chamber with the with the helmet going on, you know, the back to chamber. Um, and also you've got Luke with Yoda on his back, like blatantly cashing in on baby Yoda success. <laughs> um, look at this, he's a cute little Yoda. Uh, so those two are really quite cool. I can see those being quite interesting to have uh, in a collection. So Pop Funk, are you a Pop Funko guy, dude? Uh, I'm, I'm not anymore. He's grown out of it. Yeah, I've got a bit of a love-hate relationship with Funkos, uh, with the, the Pop uh, figures now because years ago going back when i was a lad <laughs> years ago when they first launched they were quite exclusive and they had a an air of i'm talking about when they very first launched you had a very limited run and they felt like right i want to start collecting these and i did I, i've got a bunch of doctor who ones and i've got some star wars ones but now it's like you cannot move for love nor money if you go into any comic book shop now it's just floor to ceiling. There's thousands of them, so they've be, they've lost their kind of exclusivity a little bit for me, and I kind of yeah, just not really up for it. So I decided this was about a year or two ago. Like, I'm not going to collect any Funkos anymore. Just done with them. But when I saw this picture, I was like, "You bastards!" <laughs> <laughs> Straight away, I thought, oh, "This is unfair." So the the three that hold that I, I think I'm probably going to pick up, even though I don't like them anymore, is uh, like you, the Vader in his little um, hyperbaric chamber thingy with the helmet coming down. Uh, Luke on the Tauntaun. It looks really cool, and then the Luke with Yoda on its back, not because of the baby Yoda thing, but. I think it's one of the only or very few Star Wars Funko Pops that's got a bespoke little custom design stand. All the other ones are the black stand with the logo. This has got the little uh, Dagobah swampy thing on uh, as for the stand. So I think I'm going to pick those three up. Possibly the Han and Carbonite as well. I don't know. What about you? You going to get any? Uh, probably the same as you. Not overly fussed on the Han in Carbonite. I like that one, but I just I'd look at it and be like, yeah, I get it. Uh, that just bores me. Um, those three, mate, really, the same thing, you know, Yoda, uh, Tauntaun and, and Vader. I think if I had to get two, I'd get Vader and, and, and Luke and Yoda. Um, so, yeah, if I, you know, if I was limited on room, they're the ones that I'd get. But, yeah, they look pretty badass. Like you said, you know, they, they are crack for collectors, Pop Funkos. Um, they will quite literally make a Pop Funko figure out of anything. You've got a bag of crisps, we'll make a Pop Funko figure out of it. <laughs> you know, it's it, it gets a bit ridiculous. But they look cool nonetheless, and they know how to trigger us. Um you know, no one can ever accuse the guys over making these things uh, of not understanding their market. So we'll get one, I'm sure. Yeah. And uh, another Funko that they didn't show in the group photo, uh, you can get a special edition adult Yoda in the same on the same little Dagobah stand thing. He's on a log. Plus, you can get his little hut house thing. Oh, That's nice. Gonna, yeah, it's going to be an exclusive to something. But yeah, look pretty cool, I suppose. Bastards. Yeah, we'll probably get them. You mother <laughs> Yeah, they've got us, they've got us. Right, let's shift up a gear into Mandalorian territory. So, Mandalorian Season 2, spoilers ahead for Season 1. We saw the main man, Lepoyos Hermanos, um, Moff Gideon, of <laughs> course, played by Giancarlo Esposito, um, who's a great actor, really, really got a lot of time for this guy. He played a former Imperial Security Bureau agent, an ISB agent um, called Moff Gideon, who became a Moff, and, you know, he's still kind of got Imperial remnants working underneath him. Pretty much, you know, in his sector, he is... The man. Well, it's been revealed, of course, that Moff Gideon will be back for season two, but in what seems to be a much larger role. Now, I don't think this is much of a surprise, dude. You know, he's, he's most certainly going to be the big overarching bad that we see in this season. Um, I'm sure there'll be other villains of the week and there'll be other kind of secondary villains and tertiary villains that are, that, that are crossing paths with Mando and Cara Doom and so on. But yeah, this guy's the, the main badass, isn't he? He's a, a great actor, great character. Uh, so you happy with this? You all right with this? Yeah, absolutely. I think this is a really good character to 
to uh, kind of cement the ongoing story through season two. Sometimes TV shows do a bit of a reset uh, with their seasons, but having um, having this guy come back and fleshing his role out a little bit makes it feel like there's a lovely sort of con- like uh, the continuity is is there between seasons, which is great. So, and uh, I'm intrigued to find out a bit more about this guy's backstory as well because we know that he um, he was involved in the 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 purge of Mandalore, wasn't he? He was in um, when he was with the. Uh, assigned to the imperial he was involved in that stuff and uh and also his um his uh possession of the dark saber and that kind of thing so he's got a, a nice chunk of backstory which i think needs to come out a little bit more if they do flesh his character out in season two which according to this they will be i'd love to see uh more stuff around that uh, as well as you know uh, the things that he's going to do in the current timeline but i think i just think he's an interesting character a bit of a um a bit of a shadow within the story that needs fleshing out a little bit but now this is cool dude i'm up for it yep i totally agree with you i think we're going to see a lot of uh, interesting developments I, I i isb agents have always really interested me um you know the the They've been smattered throughout the movies, but never really given ISB status. But it's only in the extended um, literature and in the uh, the Clone Wars and Rebels and all that good stuff that we used to that we start to see what the ISB did. You know, the interrogation force, the, the, the basically the uh, the underhand badasses of the Imperial uh, Army. So very very excited to see a little bit more into this. So we'll see what what comes around when Mando comes back onto our screens via Disney Plus later this year but yeah fantastic actor i think it's a real real coup for star wars on the whole and speaking on the whole of star wars the whole of the skywalker saga those pesky bloody 4k blu-rays that we all are absolutely going to order and guys i know you have already (laughs) ordered them they've popped up on the old zavi at a bit of a discount now this is not the 4k dude this is not the 4k's Oh, is it not the 4K one? My bad. No, Ooh. no. This is just the standard. <laughs> this is just the old school. Ugh, Blu-ray. 1080p? Yeah. Ugh. 1080p. What was that thing again? Oh, that. Yeah. What was it called? HD. I remember that. Yeah. Get out of here, you scamp. We don't want your type round here, you 1080p. Yeah. 70 bucks still, though. Yeah, you may as well, may as well fork out for the 4K, aren't you? Exactly. I don't know if the 4K set includes the standard Blu-rays as well, you know. Cause well, I remember buying uh, Last Jedi, and it's got like 32,000 discs. It's like, <laughs> oh, using, uh, you might be using a, an old, you know, HD, Ultra HD player. Yeah, got your back covered. You got a VHS there, have you? <laughs> we got your back. <laughs> the old VHS, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. I think, because a lot of times when you buy the 4, if you buy a 4K or uhd blu-ray whatever it's called they do throw in the the standard blu-ray as well so i don't know if they're doing that with the star wars set the 4k but uh yeah there's um yeah i saw this pop up on uh, on on a rss feed the other day and i thought the same as you i thought bloody hell that's a good price for the 4k set and then when i went to have a look it was um alas it was the the hd 1080p set but uh, to be fair it's not that bad a price really i mean if you want to buy if you look at the digital saga that's been available for a few years now on on Apple TV or um, Amazon Prime Video, you get episodes one through to six, and that was 60 quid. So an extra tenner, you're getting all nine films in HD. So it's not too bad of a deal, really. Um, but we just don't know what the cover art's going to be like, which is important for the shelf bragging rights. Um, so, yeah. Not too bad of a deal when you think about it. No, it's not, and it's you know for the for the geeks like we said, it's it's worth getting the four K. But if you you know if you're not really a a, a quality file like a lot of people aren't, you know they just want to see the films and have the collection, which is great. You know maybe it's for the kids, stick them in the bedroom. Um, yeah, this this is, is is pretty much a bargain. You know for all that nine film saga, you can't knock it, can you? Um, so yeah, good shout, dude. I know we'll all be picking it up. I know we all kick and scream about it, but we're absolutely <laughs> picking it up. Absolutely picking it up. Right. You ever been to New Zealand? It's on the bucket list, buddy. I've not been before. No, no me neither. Um, supposed to be beautiful, but Taika Waititi, one of our favourite New Zealand people, eh? he's uh, he's everywhere at the minute, isn't he? Mm. He's everywhere. 
And he's been tapped up. And there have also been stories, we're going to roll a couple of news articles into one here, about the fact that he's been tapped up for a Star Wars project. I was going to say movie, but we don't know if it's a movie or not. And then there have been a pile of articles springing up saying, what we want to see from Taika Waititi's Star Wars project, which, all right, I get it, clickbait, you know, do what you want, that's all good. Um, it's interesting, this, because, number one, Taika Waititi played IG-11 in The Mandalorian. He played the droid. And, of course, he did some directoral duties. Uh, I think he directed the final episode of The Mandalorian. Yep. And it's one of those things where, like, Disney's just like, yo, 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 just looking over. Yeah, you guys, you the Marvel guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, what are you doing on Sunday? I'll come around, just have a barbecue, make a Star Wars film? Like, it's it, that seems to be what they're doing. Like, Favreau, Feige, Taika Waititi, like the guys that have got proven success over there with this other franchise's stuff are now being tapped up for Star Wars' stuff. Not a surprise. They're in your house. Why would you not? They're obviously very, very talented. They're in touch with the modern world. They're in touch with modern audiences. They've got success at what they do. Um, I just, I just not sure what I think of it. Like I love Taika Waititi. I think he's fantastic. I think he really is fantastic but I'm just a bit worried that it'll just be more of the same like I don't want Star Wars to turn into a Marvel formula franchise does that make any sense yeah Kiwis are very good workers for example but it worth let him go in the end he was terrible yeah <laughs> does it make sense uh I think so it yeah I think it depends on uh it depends on how much trust the people at the top give these people to make their to be as creative as they can. Because I I feel like with the sequel trilogy, I felt like there were too many cooks in the kitchen a lot of the time, which was evident when we had the epic firing of the directors from the solo film. If somebody's got a vision, if you if somebody's got a vision that they want to creatively you know tell a story and stuff and you've bought into that vision and you've hired them to do that job then let them do that job and i think they did that to i think they learned from that and when they came to the last jedi ryan johnson made uh, a few critical big changes and stuff but they just let him run with that because i think they learned from the solo thing like if you're gonna if you're pitching an idea to somebody like kathleen kennedy and the other people and they're like, oh, holy crap, that sounds awesome. Sign on the dotted line. When can you start? But then when the York's kind of into production, they're like, actually, no, we don't like that bit. And we don't like that bit. And can you change that bit? All you're doing is just, you're like, hold on a minute. When I sold it to you, you were up for it and you loved it. So I think if they can let these really cool, talented people do their thing, then it could be amazing. And I think, um, uh, did this guy, was he the director of um, uh, Ragnarok? Was it the Thor yeah, and he played Korg as well, didn't he? Oh, that's Adam right, yeah. yeah. going to get on that ship. <laughs> yeah, so the guy's definitely got some... His directing chops are definitely there. Absolutely. And obviously Feige's the, the, the man. So I think it could be cool, dude. Like you said, the whole in-house thing, if we've got this amazing talent under the roof already, just draft him in, get him rocking. So I just feel like that's all well and good. But for me, if you're going to ask these people to do it, then let them do it. You know, let them get on and be creative. Don't... Mm -hmm sort of micromanage their their decisions. But yeah, I think he's a cool guy. I think he could work. Yeah, he's a very talented chap, isn't he? There's no doubt about that. He's got the talent. He's got, like you say, he's got the chops, got the experience with a big budget. Um, and speaking of, you know, our opinions on it, Tech Radar put out a, a blatantly, blatantly <laughs> clickbaity piece, which was intended obviously, to get into the Google News section when you search for Star Wars or Taika Waititi, it was blatantly intended just to get into those top stories because this article that they put out is pretty much... I'm, I, I don't know if it's on purpose. I can't work it out. Like, are they smart enough to do this? It's, it's almost a parody post. Like, it's a bit of a joke, right? So the title is... What we want to see from Taika Waititi's Star Wars movie, and this is blatantly clickbait to try and get into into the, the search results. And it gives a little bit of back and forth on, you know, Waititi's background and a little bit about Star Wars and how it's been a bit divisive and all that stuff. And 
then it just gets a bit nuts. So the three things that they want to see, the four things they want to see, sorry, are number one, all right, I get on with this one, but it's like, you know, it's just a bit stating the obvious, like a refresh <laughs> for the series. Oh, really? So we're closing the saga down. It's, and then it goes on to say after the closure of the saga, we're closing the saga down. What else can you do? What else are you going to do? You've got to refresh by virtue of this other saga closing down. Um, it, it, and so that, you know, they're going about that. And then the next one, <laughs> number two, some more New Zealand axes. <laughs> <laughs> Because Tamura Morrison, you know, it was Django Fett. Uh, and, you know, Taika Waititi's voice Korg in Thor Ragnarok. So, yeah, well, this is one big thing we want to see that will make Star Wars better is more New Zealand actors. Surely they can write better articles than this. You know, I don't get it. I don't get it. Then number three, a self-contained story. All right, now we're getting somewhere, you think. This is brilliant. And then it goes straight back into parody. Number four, musical comedy. <laughs> oh, dude. And they get they go on to say things like, yeah, sure, you know, cantina band performance in the same style um, as Flight of the Concords, um, which Watiti was uh, involved in very, very early on, according to the article. Um, I get it. I get what they're trying to do with it. But just these clickbaity articles are just, aren't they just dull? They're like the scourge of the internet, you know? Yeah, you can sell it. I might, um, well, for people, people like you and I that have been in the industry, if you, you can spot the clickbaity articles from a mile off even if on the surface they appear like they're going to give you some kind of uh intriguing you know thought process as, as to why uh this guy should come and and, and direct uh, at least one star wars film uh then you yeah, you get further down and it's like a refresh for the series it's like well no shit it's like the whole point of doing new Star Wars films is because the old ones, the Skywalker saga, is finished. So, of course, it's going to be a refresh. That's, like, the most obvious thing. And then, like you said there, more New Zealand actors. I mean, I don't get that. I mean, if an actor's right for the role, does it matter where they're from? Or, you know, if they're right for the role, they're right for the role. You know, then it have to be British people, New Zealand people, American. It doesn't matter. It's just ridiculous and then the self-contained story that doesn't make sense either because if uh feige and um and uh and take come up with an amazing story and they're like do you know what this isn't one film this is at least two or whatever then fine do that don't have to be a self-contained thing don't you know and similarly in terms of uh story group and canon and everything again in that respect it doesn't have to be self-contained either it could be could be linked to the Mandalorian. Could be linked to anything. It's all. It's all good. So, yeah, it's completely ridiculous, buddy. But it does raise a good a good point. Um, certainly not the musical comedy point, but it does raise a good point in uh, the how how they will handle this stuff moving forward because uh, with JJ and the whole Skywalker saga stuff and Ryan Johnson, that everything was kept very very lock and key it it certainly felt like a typical uh huge big budget thing where uh literally every even the guy that was serving the rice you know was signing ndas and it was locked down and stuff so um it feels like with disney plus as well that things i don't know it just feels a bit more open at the moment so i wonder if we're going to get more of a if you think about feige and the marvel stuff that uh had leaks and various bits and pieces but it didn't feel such a compacted lockdown thing they did open it up a little bit more so i wonder if they're going to do that uh with with these newer stories but yes it did make me chuckle especially when i got to point four i don't know why i don't know why that was i can understand a bit of music being in star wars but a musical comedy yeah it's just a bit. It it's just a bit clickbaity, and it just kind of frustrates me that peeps do that. You you can absolutely see that someone has just gone, Dennis. You know we made you count all the switches on the Millennium Falcon that time. <laughs> I got something for you. Uh, this guy, you know the Ragnarok guy, you know Cog. He, hi mate. You know that guy, yeah? right? Well, he's been tapped up. I need you to go write something, and he's just finished watching. 
a musical comedy. He's like, I've got an idea. And, you know, this is how crap like this happens. <laughs> this is how crap like this happens. But, oh, well, it is what it is. Well done, Tech Redder. Now, speaking of things that are mildly frustrating and I'm not quite sure what the deal is with them, Ed Sheeran, what's he all about, first up? He's he's so angry and upset all the time. Like, calm down, Ed Sheeran. You're doing all right for yourself now, mate. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he's like the new Eminem. He's always got a beef. Calm down. We're all good. Your songs are great. You don't have to just do sad, upsetting songs, though, mate. Calm yourself down. Instead, what you need to do is have a cameo in Star Wars, which, of course, he did. It was released that he was uh, he was an unnamed character in The Rise of Skywalker. So, you know, at the end where they're all like, you know, we need to work together, and, and Poe's like, hey, buddy, because he <laughs> says, buddy, all the time, buddy, I need you there. I need you out there with me. And Finn's like, oh, thank you very much. In that scene where they all get together mm-hmm. and it's all rousing and all that. There's a weird-looking bloody alien, a really weird alien. He looks like someone's taken a thumb, stuck a couple of eyes on it, and just been like, yep, there we go. Hey, <laughs> we're going to call him Thumb Thumbo. Anyway, so that's Ed Sheeran, and that is the length of the cameo. It's brilliant. Well done. Uh, this has become a thing, hasn't it, dude? Yeah, with, since with Daniel cameos. Craig was the mm. bloody stormtrooper. Yeah, and then we had the royals as stormtroopers, apparently, didn't we? Prince William and Harry. Apparently, they were stormtroopers mm-hmm. and stuff. Now, um, Harry's got the bug for it, and no, he's off he's to a- go acting in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, uh, yes, uh, grandmother, you know the, uh, you remember the time I was in Star Wars? Don't know if you knew, but I was in Star Wars. Um, I'm going to be an actor. And that's how it all came about, just so you know. Just so you know. Uh, yeah, I think this is, um, I'm really not sure what to feel about these these cam- these uncredited cameos dude because in a way it creates a kind of fun you know almost a guess who thing uh so when you're going through the motions um it's like i wonder who's in that stormtrooper uniform who's in an alien and it was kind of uh did they credit simon Pegg in the force awakens did they uh, credit him i don't think they did no they didn't because he played the guy on jakku who bought ray basically and you know, he's the guy that sells all the stuff. So it's kind of weird. But Ed Sheeran, uh, I don't think anybody cares, to be honest with you. I mean, it's not like, I don't know. It, it's, it's kind of fun in a way. But, yeah, I wonder if they're going to continue this trend in some of the newer Star Wars films or the TV stuff. Oh, I don't know, mate. I just hope Sheeran doesn't write one of those whiny songs about falling in love with someone that he met on set. You know, I fell in love with a thumb alien. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> he will do. You know he will. Not interested, Sheeran. Not interested, mate. Get back to Buskin. Yeah. Yeah. You and Adele and Coldplay go to an island, leave us all alone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Bugger off, basically. Go on. He went home to get it. He went home to get it. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Ed Sheeran is in The Rise of Skywalker, plays an alien that looks like a thumb. And speaking of people that look a little bit like thumbs, George Lucas um, he's a good-looking guy. You know, he's the creator. We've got a lot of respect for him. Very recently, he met Baby Yoda, which I'm sure was... Uh, I'm sure that was just a beautiful time, a beautiful meeting. That little photo has gone viral. But he can't have it both ways, can he, Lucas? You know, he, he, Lucas, he comes back in, he takes a picture with Baby Yoda, and then the same week, he's getting slated for ruining the Rise of Skywalker. And so what's gone down here is that, um, you know... <laughs> Lucas was the main guy, as we know, for such a long time. It was his vision, regardless of what you thought of his vision, it was his vision that was executed on the big screen for six movies. And so Chris Terrier, just to put this into context as well, you know, he's he's written some some decent films, but he's written some stinkers in pop culture. Uh, the original Batman Superman. I don't know if he wrote Justice League as well. I bloody hope not, because that was terrible. <laughs> um, but he... He basically came out and said, right, listen up. We would have loved to have done a little bit more. Like, we hear you about The Rise of Skywalker being a little bit compressed and is getting through a heck of a lot of stuff really quickly. But, like, we'd have loved to have made that two movies. We really would. But, yeah, so Lucas said that it was always going to be nine films, so we really had to stick to that. And you're like, wait a second. (laughs) (laughs) Number one, you're Disney. Number two... You booted Lucas's ideas out. <laughs> so, 
So Terrio's now getting hammered for for saying this, which, you know, fair play. <laughs> it's, it's just a ridiculous thing. It's like, I know we disregarded everything else that Lucas said, even some of the story beats he put in for us with some of his ideas from the last six films. And we're going to forget all about the Chosen One stuff that he wrote, but he did say it's only nine movies, so we <laughs> got to stick to that one. What? It's, this is ridiculous, isn't it? Oh, come on, dude. This is... um. As true to form, this reminds me of a scene from The Office where <laughs> old Jennifer Taylor Clark, she's saying something to Brent and he's just waffling with office speak and he's like, you're not looking at the whole pie, Jenny. This is basically um, uh, what's-his-face's way of, 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 like, so basically Kathleen Kennedy's like, it's you know, he's done well, billion bucks, all good, but there's a bit of backlash about this. And he's like giving a load of excuses. And she's like, that sounds like office speak to me. Like you're not looking at the whole pie, Kathleen. You know, basically <laughs> Lucas. Well, that doesn't make sense. You're not looking at the whole pie. It just, it's got that kind of, you're saying the words. Yeah. But there's no, <laughs> they don't make sense. You're saying like this is George Lucas's fault because he said right from the, the off, the Skywalker saga was always going to be nine films. Yeah. And, and he's then, like... Yeah, they, they won't remember. <laughs> they were, <really. laughs> but then, like you just said, Lucas doesn't work there anymore. So <laughs> they like canned all of his ideas off and told him to to piss off. Kathleen Kend is like, we had to let him go. He was terrible. <laughs> he was but you can't then say, oh, actually, no. This one thing that he said before he left is the reason why yeah. it didn't. It's just a load of BS, man. It's um. Yeah, I can. I can. I get it from a point, from a certain point of view. It's like we need to respect George's wishes with this and stuff like that. Well, you can't just pick and choose what wishes you choose to respect. You know, it's like you either made the decision to to make two films or you didn't, regardless of if George Lucas wanted to do it or not. So, mm-hmm. uh, I, I find it hilarious on one hand, but I always sort of go to bat for George, man. There's no way I'm going to let him be thrown under the the bloody bus because of somebody else's poor decisions. It's like no way. You just know in like three years' time, there'll be an interview with Lucas and they'll be like, it was a stitch-up. Stitch-up. Stitch a good bloke. <laughs> stitch-up. I yeah. am not a plonker. Yeah. Oh, man. It's, it's nuts. It's, it's like one of those, especially for Chris Terrio, like a lot of time for the guy. He's done some good work. But when you have got experience writing, in all in all fairness to Chris Terrio, the Batman v Superman director's cut is a significantly better... Well, I'm the world's biggest DC fan. And BVS, the, I didn't mind the theatrical cut. I didn't think it was great. I just thought it was all right. But the director's cut is far, far better. So when you are Chris Terrio and you've written that, that got hammered for its tone, for its plot points, for its tenuous kind of MacGuffins... And you've got experience with them editing things and changing things. What, what do you, do you mean? You've got to accept some of this stuff and just say, look, we knew this was going to happen. We should have probably written something a little better. Um, and to blame it on Lucas, I just think is absolutely fantastic. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> it's like you said, it's just like, well, David, I know you don't like management speak. Well, you know, you know, so it's just... I just find it hilarious that we live in this world where you've got to justify it, and and it's almost like, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, for some like for someone like that, theoretically, a career could ride on it, or the next big gig mm-hmm. could ride on it. So then, in all the press, you're like, well, yeah, I know, but that other guy had a big part of it as well. It's almost just like a, it's like job security. Um, mm-hmm. What a yeah. world we live in. But I'm with you, dude. Protect the creator at all costs. Yeah, I mean, he's made the odd boo boo, of course, but. Can't blame him for this one. The guy said splitting it would have been my dream. If the, if you felt that strongly, dude, then you either force it into two films or you walk away. Yeah, creative differences all yep. the way. Yep. Hey, speaking of which, um, we've got the last news story. We're going to wrap it up after this one. I do apologise to you, the uh, the ever present listener. We're not getting to the review and discussion sections or to the random spotlights just because there's that much news going on um but this one i i i I think we should probably just mention this one because i think next week um we'll probably do a bit more of a deep dive on this one but i just want to throw it in there and just get your thoughts on it guys and then next week let's do more of a deep dive on this very same thing because i think it's uh i think it's very very interesting 
but just to kind of top and tail that Colin Trevorrow leak from last week, you know, the leak script, mm. um, some concept art has made its way online. And dude, it looks absolutely badass. You've got Ben Solo uh, at the Jedi Temple on Coruscant, which of course became the imp- uh, the Imperial Center. Um, you've got he and Empress Palpatine Ray on the throne. Uh, you've got to- is it Tor Vellum, who was the um, supposed Sith? It's like the Bendu of the Sith, you know, the mm-hmm. Bendu from from Rebels. Like he was kind of that overarching Sith entity. Um, You've got scenes with that, um, and it just, like these this concept art. Like I said, I think we should do a deep dive into it next week. But I just wanted to throw it in just to get your feel for how it links to that script last week. Like, does it add credence to the script that we talked about last week? And how you know how do you feel about seeing this concept art? Yeah, I think this is another just another one of those uh, things that is just going to add discussion for years to come uh, to support that script because Disney still haven't said. Uh, Yes, that's this is a verified thing, the script nor the concept art. But there's no denying that this is a definitely a thing. This was absolutely in production or pre-production, and uh, I'm with you, man. It just looks complete badass. I think if if they would have gone with at least some of these elements in the story, we we could have had a a, a much better film there, mate. But yeah, I, it, it just looks so good, like so good, like especially the throne. Ben Solo on the Sith throne with Ray next to him. That opens up a, a, a door to loads of stuff, dude. Love it. Yeah, it really does, man. And like I said, I think we should probably spend some time on this in the discussion next week, but I just wanted to top and tail it whilst the Colin Trevorrow script from last week's episode was still top of mind for the listener and for, for you and I. Um, but next week, we'll dissect that a little bit further. So if you're wondering what we're talking about, um, go and take a look at the show notes. We'll stick a link in. I'll just do a search for Rise of Skywalker concept art. That might be a little quicker for you get a feel for it have a look at it and we'll dig into it a little bit more uh, next week but it's just ultimately looks really badass it looks very 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 powerful very very interesting very dark and it alludes to a, a much different film um, so go and check it out Wow, what a chunk of news that we've got through this week. It just keeps on coming, guys, like we've said. Um, and we'll see everyone next week. It's always really good to be able to do this. We're honoured to be able to do it. And it's fantastic that so many patrons jump on. Uh, we've seen our download numbers go up every single week now. So it's really fantastic to get a little bit of traction. So thank you for supporting us. Thank you for sharing Spark of Rebellion with your friends, with your family and other Star Wars geeks like us. Go and check us out on Patreon if you do want to get involved. Patreon.com slash spark of rebellion if you know someone that would like the show you can get them to subscribe or listen for free in any app they choose using sparkofrebellion.com forward slash listen and just check us out on the socials we'll have a little bit of bants over on the socials like i said who wins in a fight between baby yoda and baby jabba i think it's baby yoda baby yoda baby baby yoda um So we'll see you next week. Thank you so much for joining me. I've been Mark, and over to you, my man. It's been a pleasure as always. Thanks for joining me, dude. Pleasure as always, my man. Uh, Loads of news. Hopefully we'll skim down the news a little bit. We'll dive into that concept art, as you said, next week. So thank you so much for joining us for episode 40. We'll see you next week. Take care of yourselves. And remember, the Force will be with you always. Always.